Welcome back to this year's coverage of the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris. The sun is just setting over the Seine. It's a beautiful day of what's left over the uh, new Frito-Lay Notre Dame that's been rebuilt recently. Um, Today is the debut of the newest sport, podcasting. The first contestant, a podcast about something, dazzled the audience and judges, receiving a five-star review. Up next, from the little-known borough of Manhattan in New York, is the podcast Suck My Fanfic. Representing them today is Alex. As he approaches the podium, let's watch. Yo, sup guys? It's Alex here. I'm here to talk about some uh, some Superman crossed with Legend of Korra uh, anal play. And, um, oh, oh, fuck! Fuck, I missed it. Oh, no, you hate to see that. You hate to see that. Strong intro, but he just lost his train of thought. And you can't edit it out, folks. This is live TV. Let's see how he approaches the middle of the program. All right, so, like, Korra bent this really cool, like, earth thing for superman to like jack off ah god oh He's so losing. it was like um you know what i'm talking about right ah fuck no no this is really really a poor display He's losing his train of thought really botched that analogy had some great opportunity for wordplay just totally missed out on it let's see if you can stick the landing all this right really wrap uh, it up. like comment subscribe and um uh yeah uh, how about some fucking reviews, guys? You guys are kind of fucking sucking with the reviews. Oh, well, now we turn to the judges. He did absolutely nail the begging demand for reviews and likes, but he lost his train of thought along the way, and the, and the reviews start trickling in. Four and a half stars. I'll take it. Apparently, that's, that's exactly it. what they're looking that's for. That's it. I'll take it. Completely random, aimless BS. That's it. That's what we are. Wait a minute. That's not. That's self-defeating. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. Dude, we meddled. I'll take it. We meddled. I'm biting that shit. <laughs> I am sinking my teeth into that shit. Only to find that it's made of chocolate. Well, you know why they why they uh, bite it, right? To see, prove that it's pure gold. Pure, yeah, pure gold. I don't think it's 24 karat, is it? I don't know. Hmm. I've never won one, actually, fun fact. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you? No, I've only ever sang about it. 24 karat mm-hmm. magic in the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Head mm-hmm. to toe. So fun, more fun facts. Something. I don't know what the lyric is. Hello. That was an incredibly long introduction. We're going to cut and slice and dice that. I'm not touching it. <laughs> no, it's, it's perfect. Un- it's untouchable. It's Like you said, it's live. This is live. We're this doing, is live. We're doing it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome once again to Suck My Fanfic, a podcast about... Uh, fix that need to be sucked, mm-hmm. um, particularly ones by the fans. Sucked on thoughtfully. You, know, you swish it around your mouth like jello. I mean, we are fans at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, ergo, you're sucking our fic. Mm-hmm. So I'm presenting it to you. Not Ryan. I'm not speaking of Ryan. We don't do that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. you, no, 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 no. Ryan, just, just go on, no. Ryan. Just uh, move uh, past uh, this. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah. So I'm Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so today we have a fic free. We also have an opening topic that yes. we're going to get into. So we've been talking a lot about authorial intent, communities, fandoms, all these different things. If you haven't listened to our entire library, this is episode 31. Mm-hmm. We have now officially released... Enough podcasts for you to listen to one episode a day for an entire month. Oh, it'll be like an advent calendar. You yes. Open it up and open you get it up. a huge disappointment. Exactly. Mm. Yep. Every day. Mm-hmm. Just like me every Christmas and birthday. <laughs> Just like me. Wake and up, basically every holiday. Huge disappointment. Yep, huge disappointment. 
That's uh, it's what it's uh, what my parents think when they look at the pictures of me that are still hung up. And then by the time you get to the end of the month, mm-hmm. you will have become so consumed with yep. alcohol to forget. Yep, you'll have forgotten, and you'll be able to start over again. Exactly. That's Perfect. why we're here. That's what we're doing. Yes. So we can pretty much stop now. Yes. So 30, you know, if you haven't listened to all our our conversations, go back, listen. Uh, Sometimes I I feel like they're insightful. They normally last about, I'd say, three hours at the beginning of every podcast. (laughs) And uh, so I just kind of play them backwards. You'll find out which one of the Beatles is dead. Not Paul. It's not? It's not Paul. Ooh, I got to go back. Yeah, you got to go back. You missed it, buddy. So I want to talk today about something that's sort of big in, you know, internet fandoms, internet, uh, I don't want to say communities because that's actually what we're talking about, but just properties of different franchises online. So I bring this up because with the comic book community, and I'm saying community, with, with the online comic book presence, let me, let me fix that, there's a sort of debate right now going on between creators and fans and some creators and fans say it's a comic book community. Some say. Some others say it's a business. And I think those two connotations, I, I think the word you use is important to express it. The reason I'm bringing this up is with franchises, with fandoms, are they communities or are they businesses? Hmm. If you, if, if you need me to elaborate, so basically what I mean is like right now, Statistically speaking, the comic book industry is doing nowhere near as good as it used to. Okay. I think the best-selling single-issue comic ever was around six or eight million. It was X-Men number one and I believe, 1993. Okay. I probably should have Googled this, but, you know, that goes to show how much how much we put into this. Either really. Google's going to lie to you or Alex is going to lie Someone's going to lie to you. Take your pick. Yeah, take your, take your pick, guys. Take your pick a fix. Right now, because uh, I think for the past five years, every year 10% of the comic book stores that were around fail. So we're on a very slow decline. Okay. And we've officially reached a point with the amount of comic book shops there are mm-hmm. that it might actually be statistically impossible to ever sell over a million or over 500,000. There's, there's just not places enough to places to sell. So you're, but, but as a community, comics have never enjoyed more popularity. You're talking about like between the movies and everything? or Well, it's that and it's also... So, okay, so we're saying that, we're saying that comic books as a business... Is doing poorly, but there's a different. You're trying to. Well, okay. So the argument is: Are we treating this industry, Mm -hmm. this business, um, the comic book industry or comic book community? Are we treating it as an industry or a community? Because if something's community based, it might not be profit driven. Mm -hmm. If it's not profit driven, some people fear it could die. Mm -hmm. Which it it's sort of on its way out right now. The issue, like I was just reading an article about DC. DC. I guess I didn't know this. I, I, I please correct me if I'm wrong. Put it in the chat. I, for the longest time, I thought DC was its own company, like the the publishing, and then they licensed out the movie rights or the TV show rights to Warner Brothers. To right? Warner Brothers, but Warner Brothers now owns the actual comics as well, right? I think so. And so, what's weird about that is AT and T just bought Time Warner, mm-hmm. which owns which owns DC, mm-hmm. and AT and T apparently is only looking at DC as a geek lifestyle brand. As opposed to like an avenue to making billion dollar movies, either that or as an avenue to putting out like new fresh content in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, for example, a couple of years ago, Marvel, when Disney bought Marvel, they kind of had the same approach, and they started putting all this trash up on YouTube, where it's like how to make a uh, a Hulk sized burrito, mm-hmm. and then it's just it's just a fucking burrito that they called a Hulk sized burrito. Mm-hmm. 
and they were treating Marvel almost like it was a lifestyle brand. So it was like, oh, we wear the shirts, we buy the, the mm-hmm. figurines, we watch the movies, we read the comics. It's a lifestyle. And it didn't really do that well for what they wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. And they don't really do that anymore. No, like, it's, it's very much a, a business. It's yeah. mined for stories. And well, movies. sort of. Because the movies are highly profitable. The books not arguably so aren't as profitable as they used to be. I mean, they're definitely not as profitable as they used to mm-hmm. be. They cost way much more. Dan DiDio, who's the editor-in-chief of DC, mm-hmm. uh, one of the chief operators of the whole company, he just said... Fun, or, fact, no, just, fun fact, Dan DiDio was, was named by a doctor who stutters. By who? A doctor who stutters. He's D- like, Dan, Dan DiDio. DiDio. Uh, it wasn't Dan DiDio. It was Jim Lee. Or was it? Yeah, I think it was Jim Lee. He was talking... To, no, it was one of them. Whoever, whoever it was. They were talking about how it was difficult that consumers nowadays prefer back issues. Mm-hmm. So issues that aren't new. Yeah, I want to read the classics. Well, it's not only that, but... That the big movies No, are no, there are too. people that are going back, and they're going to the dollar bins, and they're buying the books from the 80s and the 90s, and they'd rather read those stories. Makes sense. So part of that is quality. Part of it is content. Cost. Part of it... Uh, cost. Yeah, I mean, uh, if you get a number one right now, like let's say Valkyrie number one came out within the last month, mm-hmm. it was $5. I believe it was $5. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. For a comic book. Yeah, for however many pages it is. I It's probably, if it was number one, it was probably 40 pages as opposed to 30 or 20. Mm-hmm. So it was probably a little bit longer, but that's still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't read it, so I'm not, you know, but I'm just saying that's a lot of money. DC does the same exact thing. Yeah. So the issue now is, especially um, two weeks ago, no, last week, we talked about phase four. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think the biggest theme was inclusion was diversity, mm-hmm. right? There are some people who argue that the comics nowadays are straying away from action and are starting to aim more towards life experiences, like human experiences. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, so you're not, you're not reading stories about Batman fighting Joker. You're reading stories about Batman affected by the fact that he's been fighting Joker. I mean, that's kind of whatever. That's like the whole idea of like... That's the TV's golden age is all yeah. about the antiheroes and the people who are... We're, yeah. t- we're not seeing the spectacle... Because we're kind of jaded at yeah, this point. Exactly. There's only so many times that Avatar can blow us away and make us pay a billion dollars. We want the story. Exactly. And so one of the criticisms is maybe comic books aren't doing as well anymore because of the fact that they're not action driven. Mm-hmm. Now they're like character driven. They're story driven. You have Jane Foster, who originally was just a regular person. Then she became Thor for some reason. Then she became the all mother of Asgard. And now she's Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And maybe people don't like that. Maybe mm-hmm. people don't like that you're like changing things so much. You're just trying all these different things out. As much as it's cool, Cosmic Ghost Rider sounds pretty awesome. But you're you're changing the very fabric of Ghost Rider. And I mean, how long has Ghost Rider been around? I mean, it's not time to shake things up. I think they've had five different Ghost Riders. They just had a new one. Then there's precedent for changing Ghost Rider. No, there is. No, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's sort of. I, I think I feel like all media, uh-huh. in a general sense, is at a crossroads of. Are we going to try to change things? Or are we going to try to create new things? Are we going to try to keep things the same? And I think comics is just kind of wrapped up into that. Since the comic books are traditionally a very American medium. Mm-hmm. And so online, when you look online, you look at these creators. And some creators sit there and say, we're a community. We're this, we're that. We don't want these sorts of people in our community because they. I don't feel like they're inclusive enough. I feel like they're intolerant. Mm. Maybe I think they're hateful. Or the contrary... I don't like changing the comics to include these people in my comic book community. Okay. And so there, you're, it's, 
uh, if you're not keeping up with it, it is it's weird. It sounds stupid to talk about, but it's a it's a big thing right now. And so you're asking if it's a community like that where it's it's not profit driven, or if it's a business. Yes. It's should should we treat these fandoms? Should we treat these franchises that we love as businesses, or should we treat them as communities? As the parent organization, you treat them as communities because you are a business. You want to exploit that tight-knit. You want to build that community because a community mm-hmm. is like a nice word for a loyal fan. A community a is a great base. word for a loyal fan base. But yeah. at the same time, a community implies exclusion. Because there's people who aren't in the community. Who aren't in the community. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you're closing yourself off to profits. I think – so especially, are you especially, business? Especially in something that is releasing once a month, once every couple of weeks. Yeah. You will take – consistent loyalty over wide appeal i would agree with that but it seems like a lot of these companies just in general nowadays mm-hmm. all companies aren't particularly doing that it almost seems like they're trying to in my opinion um like with marvel appeal to everyone yes i think well i think they are doing that because they're 100 percent profit driven i think they it comes down to it at the end like it's a business. so you think it's for them it's less of a community and more of a business for the people who are not like the people who are writing the stories maybe but the people who are and signing the their paychecks yeah and the people who are designing mm-hmm. the the arcs and giving the go yeah. no go who are saying all right i'm gonna pay to keep the lights on next month 100 percent business has to be yeah. i mean i get that you make like an alexandria ocasio-cortez comic yeah. and it's like oh that's only for people who support no, i mean that's that's yeah. like a lightning rod not only yeah. are people who are dedicated going to definitely buy it mm-hmm. people who hate it are going to talk about it and yeah. now you got the brand but see what i'm saying is like i talked about last week with the avengers past five years we've had sam wilson captain america riri williams iron man uh what's his name ernest Choi, iron uh hulk jane foster thor um, God, what's her name? Scott Lang's daughter as the Wasp. Okay. Uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye. A lot of these big Marvel characters and mm-hmm. some of the big DC characters have changed. Yeah. Are they changing because they're profit-driven or because they're trying to be a more inclusive community? They want to be an inclusive community because people are interested in that and they're going to buy it. More so than just so like people, cranking out more of like Scott Lang as Ant-Man be like, or like mm-hmm. Tony Stark as Iron Man. They're trying to capture people who don't, who haven't read Tony Stark Iron Man comics, because like, yeah, I mean, Tony Stark's cool and he's Robert Downey Jr., but if I'm just reading a page, like, I don't really see myself reflected in that. Whatever. Well, okay, so here's the here's the question: Do you have to be a, you know, does the person you're reading have to be a one for one copy of a checklist of things that you are for you to relate to them? No, but that's what they're going for because they think that's what's gonna that's that's what's polarizing people yeah, who identify with it true. strongly are going to want it. People yeah. who don't identify are going to align against it. But at that point, aren't you betraying the base that's been with you forever that enjoys those original characters yeah. just to get a group that may or may not be interested in your product? Yeah, because you want money. Well, Whoever's going to spend – I mean you said it yourself. There are less comic no, books yeah. now. The, the dedicated yeah. base, they're moving away from it. They may be going digital or maybe they're just they're growing up. They're well, no, that's, out of it. That's the thing is the dedicated base is leaving – because they're changing these characters. Right, around. because they're aging and they want to make sure it's sustainable. They want a younger. They want new. They want okay. a new base. They I guess that's true. It. I guess, yeah, you kind of have to appeal. And that's also, I guess, sort of reflecting in the point that a lot of things that used to be you know, considered for kids are extending into adulthood. Mm-hmm. I, was, I just saw this thing about how, oh, I guess, gosh. the average um, – yeah. what. I thought you were going to say there was like that article about how like millennials' refusal to give up their childhood no, is like I'm not, ruining no, the next generation. No, that's community. fucking stupid. No, I just saw this thing about it was called the dadening of video games mm-hmm. and how a lot of people who play video games nowadays are actually dads. Mm-hmm. 
And that's just, why... I, just trying to stay awake. Basically. But kids. that's why, like, God of War, Last of Us, Witcher 3 are, are like, basically dad stories. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are interested in. Mm-hmm. And you're almost taking on that uh, idea of the hyper-masculine video game hero, mm-hmm. and you're finding you're exploring the softer side of kratos who at one point beat zeus into a wall and now he has to teach his son well, to... now he still rips spines out of people well it's but he does not mess with the leviathan who is no. in that game all Doesn't. hail be unto him i wanted to know with these fandoms mm-hmm. are we profit driven are we community driven let's look at jk rowling for example mm-hmm. is fantastic beasts a community driven project that she's creating to expand the lore or is it because she can make more money so you think you think J.K. Rowling, the woman in England who's already richer than the Queen, is profit-driven enough to the point that she would make more movies? She probably isn't until Warner Brothers, who is 100% profit-driven, yes. and I know you agree with that, yes. comes in and is like, hey, J.K., um, not not kidding, just uh, you want to make some paper? paper? You want to make some money? She's like, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of happy with how things ended. You want to make this much money and she's all those zeros i think i like, can i could crank something out yeah. i could i could supervise the script mm-hmm. i think everyone has a price i i think she may have transitioned because she like when she started she had such this wonderful universe mm-hmm. and this creative outpouring and the story that really connected with millions with hundreds of millions of people but you know after time she kind of transitioned more into that role of like uh, like even like your buddy uh neil game you you kind of step away from it you let yeah. other people take control of it in her case she let this corporation kind of take control of it with um, with with Warner Brothers, and they have a little more say. They want to do this story now. She can go out in public and say how much she wants to do it, and how mm-hmm. how she's like, yeah, I would have probably done this anyway. But it just seems a little hard for me to buy. Now, I think the creators themselves have probably more artistic intent yeah. than, than than business driven yeah. intent. But I mean, all these big, huge corporations—they're like the Medici family of the Renaissance. Like they are just like they are just trying to make money. So the fact they're funding these people yeah. so that they can kind of do what mm-hmm. they want. But ultimately, if they're not seeing the profit, they're going to move away from. It. Take your buddy Tom King for yeah. example. No. Doing great stuff with Batman. Yeah. But if it's not selling, sorry, buddy, cut it. Cut him cut twenty it. issues early. Hey, da Vinci. It's two years. Nobody cares about your sketches. Yeah. Stop trying to invent a flying machine. It's just never going to happen. Another Mona fucking Lisa. Come on. So we you want more Mona Lisa? Free Bird. So you think that? Though these creators create these communities, no matter what, it's going to be profit-driven. And the companies that own the properties might almost ex, you know, uh, exploit the community base of it to try to make the money. Of course. So ethically speaking, or just best interest of the fans, best interest of the intellectual property, should it be profit-driven? Do we need another Laura Croft Tomb Raider game? No. But are we going to make another one? Yeah, because people, some people want it. Some people, people are going to pay for it. Until people stop mm-hmm. voting with their dollar, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, everyone talks about how scary Disney's monopoly on the movies are. Mm-hmm. They're just going to, you just gave them another billion dollar movie. Well, because you <laughs> enjoyed it. I mean, why are you so afraid if you, if you, you like it? You're no, I know. But, and, but and, and funny. people think there's a problem with, with how big they are. Stop going to the movies. Yeah. That's a simple answer. Exactly. Stop paying to go see the movies. Mm-hmm. They won't make a billion dollars. You can just reach in your what? It did it again. God, I hate you, Disney. God, just like plopping those dollars down on the table. But no, I think that. And, and um, they just go, you know, a company will go about it's like writing someone like Tom King. Mm-hmm. His stories are all organic. Yeah. His story, what he believes and all that are like... Uh, um, I can't remember who, who's, who was writing Black Panther for a while. T- t- Ta-Nehisi Coates. Ta-Nehisi Coates. Or however you pronounce his name. They're like... Boom, like this person, you know, he's got books of poetry. Like this is a very art- yeah. artistic person. But they're like, you know, 
this is going to make a ton of money. Like Black if Panther start doing in space. This. They might have some altruistic, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a great platform for this voice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if it's not making money, it's not going to happen. For so them. as a fan, mm-hmm. as a fan, do you think that I should look at DC as an industry or a community? I think you need to understand that it's an industry. And if you want the community mm-hmm. of the stories and the creators to be in your interest, you got to vote that way by paying for it. And that's that's my biggest thing. Like, I, I pay for the DC universe. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't rent, you know, I don't check out graphic novels from the library. Mm -hmm. I purchase the graphic novels. Same with comics. I just, whenever there's a DC movie, I'm there that weekend to go watch it. Because I like that brand. I like those those characters. I like those stories. Mm -hmm. I feel like it is profit-driven. So I Mm -hmm. have to contribute that money. Even because, you know, I've had people say, like, uh, with, like, bands I like, I'll buy their, uh, their albums on CD. Why are you buying that? You know, like, none of the money goes to them. Because mm-hmm. it still helps their record sales. That number still yeah. says that someone oh, if I like an likes album, what I'll just doing. put it on repeat on Spotify and walk away. Yeah. I don't even need to listen to it. Just rack you up should. those listens. Yeah, I've never actually done up. that, but that seems like a good I actually idea. have done that before. You have? <laughs> yeah, I have. Black Keys just playing on a cycle somewhere? Oh, fuck. No, that's actually me <laughs> listening to the Black Keys. Thank you. But I just... I don't know if it's... It's a community of creators yes. that are essentially given that platform by the corporation unless they have like a crazy following and you can go off on your own and have like this graph scrutes thing where Mm -hmm. maybe that was like what dark horse was in the beginning a lot of the but even now i mean it's become a big a big thing but with these with these communities do we have to have an in-group and an out-group because a community implies an in-group and an out-group is there something wrong for excluding people in a community i mean people will sort themselves into the community i mean if you read riri williams and you like riri williams then you're part of that community yeah who I mean, likes riri williams and if you don't then you're not i mean you're gonna you're gonna make that judgment based on the i mean on on, on the content if you no like i get not, that if you want to be in or not yeah but i'm just saying you know does does every industry does everything have to appeal to everybody or is it okay if we're an industry and not a community uh, i think it's i think with like the amount of data that we have on mm-hmm. consumers it's getting more and more that they can micro target people make these That's little true. communities yeah. and again get that dedicated loyal fan base whereas before we're just kind of like we got a movie it kind of sucks yeah. let's put harrison ford in and everyone loves him and yeah. then it just makes a ton of money but now it's like all right we know this exact slice of oh, yeah. the population that we want to get to let's let's find someone who's a voice of those people let's get that market let's here's, your, it. here's your south park reference for the episode you know the awesome episode of south park yeah when he's like what if it's like adam <laughs> Sandler is a dog and angelina jolie is its owner whoa that, that would make a lot of money like it almost feels that way now where they're like all right auto generate and i know people who who work in industries like that mm-hmm. i legitimately do and they've told me from what i've been told mm-hmm they, you know, some of these people that make those decisions will sit there and go, okay, if we add in this actor, we can make this much money. If we add in this actor, we can make this mm-hmm. much. It's, I mean, it's very profit driven. I mean, it's, and that's it's almost like computer mm-hmm. generated movies with casting. Right. And, and if that, it, it speaks more to that when you look at Netflix and it's got so many movies and yeah. so many shows that pop up seemingly every yeah. day. And it's like everybody's having a different Netflix experience. So like, yeah. oh, did you watch this thing? I didn't even know that existed. I've never watched Stranger Things. But people get really excited when they find it because yeah. they've pretty much sussed out every different different type of person there is. Yep. So like you said, you watch Doom Patrol. You're like, I feel like this was made for me. Oh, yeah. It was made for you. Yeah. And then the people part. who wasn't made for it, they're not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But it was made for you. And you're yeah. dedicated. I you're going to go true. tell everybody no. yeah. about it. So I just... 
There we go. I think uh, we can end it there because I don't really know how much further we can go with the conversation. But I just I wanted to have I wanted to to, to suss that out, just mm-hmm. kind of chew on that. Up. But I think I, I do think when it comes to the creators, mm-hmm. like to, in order to sustain something like day in day out like that, it does need to be like a true artistic intention. Yeah, they they need to hire real artists. Yeah, their intention is not oh let's make this story because it's mm-hmm. great. They're trying to make money, but that person they're going to take that money and I'm going to tell my story. And I think. When you are an artist and you're so intimately involved with your own story, you need to play to your base. Because your base are the people who are going to be there day in, day out for you. Unless you're making Watchmen on TV. And then... I don't know who made that business decision. I I cannot tell you how disappointed I am. Uh, all right, so I hope I hope that was insightful, and I hope you are all happy that we basically got nowhere with that conversation. I hope you're I mean, just completely jaded and you think everything's built to make money because it is. Yeah, nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know. That's, that's why I like a, fan fiction no, because no one's making money. That's on such fan a fiction. fucking stupid thing for me to say. Everything's always been made just to make money. Yeah, it's not nowadays. It's always that way. It's just it's just more. It's amplified now. Sure. But it's always been that way. So I'm an idiot. I will take back what I said. It's always been that way. There are greedy fat cats on Wall Street. <laughs> this just turned into first. our like. This is the uh, Rebel Podcast, people. <laughs> We're on the Rebel Podcast. Rebel podcast. Right. We're gonna read from uh, Tolstoy Offsy and uh, the government's pretty good. We're gonna bring down the uh, bring down <laughs> the bourgeoisie. Yeah, I hate them bourgeoisie. <laughs> them bougies. Uh, all right. So what's the story, Ryan? What's the what's the fic this week? The fic this week is flop it out. From the television adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock. Okay. Sherlock Gnomes. Let's do this. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes. Absolutely. Gnomes. I, I can't do a, a modulated, like, high-pitched voice, so it's not going to be Sherlock Gnomes. It's going to be the, the TV, the BBC version. Okay. Uh, do they bang each other in this? They do not. I don't want to listen, then. I, well, <laughs> I, you know, I looked very, very hard for something in which John Watson and Sherlock Holmes do not have at least... Many, many, many references passing to a sexual relationship. Do you know how long it took me to find a non-sexual Skyrim fanfic? Well, you did lead with a rimming joke, so... Literally days. (laughs) Literally days. That's what we do on this podcast. Yeah. If if we did only sexual fanfics, we'd crank out an episode a day. We could crank out two no or three. No problem. Two or three. No problem. I don't know if I can last two. I would say I would probably be empty and need a little Gatorade, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little milk milk really it's white mm, that's gross that's a little gross i just do gatorade it's full of electrolytes but mm-hmm. it's okay let's, let's do this let's do this so this one is called it's called end game oh fuck don't tell me it's not a crossover with okay doctor strange. i don't want to hear doctor strange involved in this in this slide and and claw no no not claw he's the fucking cia agent isn't he <laughs> i think he? claw like the inspector from like uh, like from inspector gadget like oh no <laughs> no that would be awesome mm-hmm. No, uh, the guy that plays Watson, isn't he... He is He's in, a CIA agent in Black uh, Panther. He's in the MCU. Yeah, but he's not like a villain. Isn't he Frodo? He's, he's, um, he's Bilbo. No, Bilbo. Bilbo. He's Frodo. He's oh. Bilbo. He's a Baggins. Martin Freeman, yeah. He's a Baggins of... Uh, yeah, Baggins. Is there any relation to Morgan Freeman? Um, I think that he's his stepson. Oh! Mm-hmm. Yep. Morgan Freeman is his stepson. Morgan or Freeman is Martin Freeman's stepson. Martin okay. Freeman is actually things just got more interesting. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 Um. So yeah, I mean, basically, we're just gonna hop. Right. We're in the end game now. We're in the end game now. <laughs> I'm gonna read the summary. Um, a child psychologist is asked to sit in on the questioning of her client, a nine-year-old boy traumatized by finding his father stabbed to death. Okay. The child's mother is being held for the murder, and the case against her looks watertight. 
unless her son can be persuaded to somehow reveal some unknown story. As tight as Watson's bumhole that Sherlock will explore? I will allow you to add as many <laughs> references to this, because it's not in here. And if that's what the people listening to want, I mean, Sherlock's very huge very in the sexual fanfic. Fan very sexual. It's got a ton of fix. It's very popular on Tumblr, archive of our own, yes. fanfiction.net. That's why I thought I'd bring it to us today. We haven't okay. touched on it yet. So do you want to do you want to give your history with with this Sherlock, or do you want to you want to talk about it real quick? You just want to jump into it. I just yeah. I mean, what else? What what more is there to be said about Sherlock Holmes? He's one of the most influential literary figures just ever. I mean, he kind of started off with mm-hmm. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who like believed in magic and hated Houdini. But that's not. It's actually a little. The story is a little different from what you're saying. I can go into that if you want me to. I can let's, be very quick about it. it. Okay. First off, never read. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Never seen a Sherlock Holmes movie. Interesting. Never watched the show. I know who Sherlock Holmes is. Okay. But you, but you see how I, yeah, I, know who, I know who he you is. Still know who he is. He's, he's, he's uh, what's, what's that, uh, public domain. Yeah. I know who Sherlock Holmes is. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some of his stories are, are public domain. Others aren't. The character. The character. Like the main uh, likeness. Yes. Mm-hmm. The main likeness. But some of the stories aren't. Sure. With that, Sir Arthur, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's daughter, I believe... Someone close to him died. Yeah, and there was like a secret word. He very badly wanted to contact her again, mm-hmm. and he believed in seances. Yes, which was very, very big in the late 1800s, early 1900s. It's all the rage in uh, England and New York, particularly the Eastern Coast. Harry Houdini, who was a magician but did not believe in anything like that because mm-hmm. he knew it was he knew it was, he was fake he's a fucking trickster yeah. like yeah. he knew like he's an escape artist. That dude had like 20 keys in his stomach at any given point in time. He mm-hmm. knew what was going mm-hmm. down. Um, had they were at one point really good friends when this whole seance thing started happening. Yes. They had this yes, this big. It's schism. fascinating. I it's read a really really cool. Really good really book cool. On it. it's good really, book really on cool. Mm-hmm. And Harry Houdini basically said it's fake. I know it's fake. I'm a faker. Mm-hmm. I know what's fake, dude. And mm-hmm. he would publish these things that would be like Exposing call out them, yes. him directly. And he's like, hey, you're a very big author. You can't believe in this bullshit. You can't, you're going to make yes. other people believe in this bullshit. You can't believe in flat earth, B.O.B. Mm-hmm. You can't do it to you, Tequila there's, there's too or many, Kyrie. There's too many people who look yes. up to B.O.B. Yes. Myself and included. And Kyrie Irving. Myself I mean, included. Tia Tequila is my role model. We all look up to her. Yes. So when she says the earth's flat, I'm looking for the eyes ball. I'm looking for proof that it's not. Yeah. Yes. Look, I'm not the one that has to prove that it is. You're the one that has to prove that it's not. Exactly. And I don't trust your fake images. Everyone has to convince me of everything because yes. I am assuming I'm right until yes. further notice. No, I don't assume I'm right. I know I'm right. Mm-hmm. No matter what you say. Okay. Yes. So that's that's the story. They it was it, it, it actually to do with like seances and ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they had a very big fight mm-hmm. between the two. Well, of them. yeah, they would go to seances and they would sit across the table from each other, and like things would start to happen, and Arthur Conan would be like, "This is it." And he would stand up and be like, "All right, that's like on a timer. That thing's being moved. The maid went in the other room and just knocked on the walls. I'm out of here." He's literally like, "Yeah, like pull up the 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 tablecloth. Let's see what's under the table." Yeah, I mean, like he. He knew what was going on. He's, he's it a is, trickster. It is a, it is a fascinating relationship. Honestly, I would love Manhattan. to see a movie made about that. That would probably be super Now that you badass. said it and put it out there, they're going to make a movie just for you, buddy. God, it's got to be on I would love that. Put fucking uh, James McAvoy in that shit and... Uh, Plop him down. Who else do I love? Put Daniel Radcliffe in it or something. Those guys hey, are good. I did not hate Victor Frankenstein. I thought that there. was a fun movie. Put him back in the Very movie interesting. Together. Give him a second shot. Just saying. success. Yeah, so... That's that's that. And then so, DH. Then. That's I, that's actually all I know about Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. Is that. That's a fair amount. Yeah, because I love Harry Houdini, so I know a lot about him, but that's all I know about him. So Arthur he Conan. authored the Sherlock Holmes series, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Detective. The detective. Elementary, my dear Watson. And See, Watson, I know his that. faithful companion. Yes. This is, I like and this because it's, it's in his his, uh, his his boyfriend. I love that this is, it's so short and it just reads like a story. Okay. Like a quick 
mystery mm-hmm. solve it. Is that sort of like a straightforward thing that's in the Sherlock community? Like the no, no, no. Almost not, everything is like hundreds of thousands of words about the relationship between those Sweet. two characters. So it's very rare to find something like this. Okay, so. A, child, a summary. A child psychologist is asked to sit in the questioning of her client, a nine-year-old boy, traumatized by finding his father stabbed to death. Super sad. The Stabbed to death, like um, John is stabbed to death by Sherlock every night. The child's, mother, <laughs> the child's mother is being held for the murder, and the case against her looks watertight. As tight as uh, John's butthole exactly. that uh, Sherlock explores okay. and loosens. Exactly. Unless okay. her son can be persuaded to tell what he knows. Um, but this kid is obviously traumatized, and they bring in the world's greatest detective Sherlock to Gnomes. crop the case. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes. Okay. I'm ready for this. Here comes the thick. Slap that thick in my face. Prepare it's yourself. Big, juicy thick. For this thick, which has no sexual overtones at all. I'm good for... Well, I, if there's a child involved, I hope there's no sexual overtones. No, don't make that face. <laughs> this is a terrible first line. <laughs> yes, you can go in, she said. <laughs> The room. The room. The room. The room. I'll sit in. You can go in. I warn you, I'll stop the questioning if I think he's getting distressed, but otherwise, I won't say anything. Sir Anthony, as you are the boy's next of kin, she felt herself flush at the slip, bit her lip in annoyance. Unprofessional. Mm. As the boy's available next of kin, are you happy with those arrangements? Sir Anthony nodded. Happy with anything that gets this business cleared up? After all, however bad things looked, Olivia is entitled to a sporting chance, same as everyone. So does this take place in modern day? Yes. So this is modern day and there's Sir Anthony. Yeah, people are knighted. People are baronets. People who are... Yeah, um, if you're Paul McCartney, you ...deserving get of the, the title Sir. Okay. You don't need to be knighted by the Queen. You can and so this certain... is Benedict Cumberbitch. This isn't 1800s this is, yes, Benedict this is current day okay. Benedict. Okay. This, it's not Robert Downey Jr., I wish, but no, this is okay. very much okay. um, unpopular opinion. Robert Downey Jr., better Sherlock. Uh, here I we go. I would have no idea. And then Sherlock pipes in, entitled to have the prosecution prove its case beyond reasonable doubt, the tall man corrected almost absently. Well, she should have taken care to leave more doubt, shouldn't she? Sir Anthony snapped and then half raised his hand apologetically. Sorry, but how do you feel if your brother were found stabbed to death and his wife's thumbprint in blood on the wheel of his car? My brother isn't married. His lips twitched as if in some arcane private joke, which may very well tell you I have yet to investigate his murder. Where's the child? In the blue drawing room. He seems to prefer it there. Also, the windows overlook the walled garden. It's a less chance of the paparazzi getting an opportunistic photo. We will see you through now. So this is again, again in in you know a little mm-hmm. more of an archaic social yeah. class. You have a sir. Um, his yeah. brother was found killed yep everyone thinks it's the wife the mm-hmm. mom olivia they need to talk to the kid to find out what what's what yes okay the british people with their the rooms that he's in the colored room he's in the, the walled garden the drawing room the drawing room that's i'm sorry he's in the drawing room um and the um the 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 maid here she kind of bristles again at being, at being ordered around mm. because like oh man she did it Whatever, whatever, whatever it is you're running me around. Whether in a council flat on Blackbird Lays or here in the chilly Palladian splendor of Dunsford Park, always head games from the families. The thing was to concentrate on the child and let the rest wash over you. Because she has bonds to the kid because she takes care of the kid. But okay. these people are so stuck up. This way, she said, in front of the closed door of the blue drawing room, she turned to face her companion. Look, she said... I know you're being paid by um, Olivia's legal team to try to find some shred of defense. Olivia's an old college friend of my flatmate's sister. I doubt the issue of payment will arise. 
She looked at his appearance, from the hand-lasted shoes to the thousand-pound overcoat, and was hard put to not call him a liar to his face. So she's saying, I, you're obviously being hired. You're going to try mm-hmm. to f- prove that she's innocent. He's saying, I'm in it just to find the truth, which is how Sherlock rolls. Okay. Um, how does he make money? People pay him. To, f- to find the truth or to find yeah. the truth they And also, want. he's like an uh, internet celebrity, so he like there's a blog that John Watson writes. In the traditional Sherlock stories, they're mm-hmm. told from the perspective of John Watson. Okay. And it's like marveling. Oh my, like I can see his mind working as he studies over this mm-hmm. clue or whatever. I can see why there's the sexual undertones. I mean, it's very rever- reverential. Yeah. And the modern-day adaptation on the BBC is John Watson writes like a blog about each of their case, and it becomes like internet, like really famous. So they... So he ads on the blog, and that's how they make yeah, money. Yeah, I mean, too. It, oh, just, okay. it just becomes yeah. like a property. Like people okay. want Sherlock yeah. merch, and they want yeah, a picture yeah. with Sherlock. Buy and that merch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, buy our merch. Buy our merch. Her face set, her voice sound icy. In any event, I'm asking you to remember that Ricky has been under almost unimaginable stress. Also, while to a lay observer he may seem calm, even detached, to a trained professional, his abnormally restricted effect is one of the most worrying symptoms he presents. Abnormally. Tell me what is the normal amount of emotional shut-in permissible to a nine-year-old boy who comes into the kitchen for a glass of water late at night only to stumble over the bleeding body of his dying father. Do you people have graphs for this sort of thing? She bit back at a crude retort. Her hand was on the doorknob when he spoke again. Oh, and it's Richard. His mother calls him Richard. He's showing up this child psychologist. Mm -hmm. He knows more about the kid than she does. She turned back only to find him holding out an all-too-evidently-loved paperback copy of The Hobbit, barely held together, with, held together with cello tape, the cover marred by purplish, sticky stains her experience identified as Ribbina. I don't know what that is. I don't know what any of this is. This is very, very this is British. Very British. Very hey, British. British listeners, you're welcome, because <laughs> I'm fucking lost. Olivia asked me to find this and give it to him, if I got the chance. You might try reading the inscription. She flipped to the title page. To Richard on his eighth birthday, wishing you plenty of adventures and lots of treasure. Love, Mummy and Daddy. Mummy? Mummy. <laughs> the actual mummy. Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes an appearance. As does Brandon Fraser. The CGI Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Oh, the only Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's the one I need. A lump rose in her throat. For a moment, it seemed impossible to speak. She pushed it back at him. He dropped it into one of his coat pockets. Perhaps you could give it to him when you're finished the questioning. She ran harassed fingers through her hair. Heaven knows I've tried everything else. He doesn't read. He doesn't play. The only thing he's done since he arrived here is push chess pieces about that board. It's not even a game. I offered to play him, but he ignored me, just dumping chess pieces onto the board at random. She pushed the door open, pointing across to the pedestal stand in the window. The elaborate ivy chessmen were in their usual place, mostly by the side of the walnut and mahogany inlaid board. The child did not look up as they approached. He prodded a pawn forward with one stubby forefinger. See what I mean? She muttered. Alakine Capablanca, Buenos Aires, 1927, the 11th game of the championship, Sherlock said crisply. Ricky, or Richard, spun on the spot, his voice shrill, almost accusing. How did you know? He shrugged. Four queens on the board in the end game. So, Alakine or Capablanca? Alakine, the boy's voice was firm, unhesitating. Good man, me too. He must have felt her gaze on him because he glanced back at her. Well, try broadening what passes for sport in your mind. If I would say Spurs or Arsenal, you'd be eyeing me up as a potential husband material by now. In your dreams. Football's boring, Richard announced. Couldn't agree more. Whereas this chess set, he circled the pedestal table, looking hungry, acquisitive. Fingertips outstretched to caress each exquisitely crafted piece. This is something else again. It's mine. Uncle Tony gave it to me. 
Wow. His whistle of impressed astonishment brought a flicker of animation to the child's face. She liked the man better for it. Some present. Richard stood on one leg, the other curled around the back of his knee. I love that. Isn't that just how little kids stand? Yeah. They freaking stand like that. I, I will say, this is very well written so far. Stand like a normal kid. I also kids. have a question. Yes. In the BBC Sherlock, do they depict him as, uh, like, a high-functioning autistic? Yes. He has zero social skills. He's almost got, like, Asperger's. Is it stated that he has out. Asperger's? No. He's just... It's just, like, implied... Like, it, it kind of has that tone to it. I'm so tired of the, like, mass media misunderstanding where they just, like, portray autistic people as, like, superheroes with, like... You know what I mean? I mean, that's just... They make him, like, such an unlikable character that he yeah. just bristles up against everybody. Okay. Well, but, I'm not, oh, I'm but not saying autistic people are naturally unlikable or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, like that good The Good Doctor. Mm. The show about the doctor who is young and that autistic. That you and, like, a bunch of grandmas watch on CBS. I've... I've only ever seen the previews specifically for the fact that they treat him like he's a fucking superhero. Mm-hmm. Like he sees things we don't. <laughs> like no, he's a human being. Uh, I, I just the little that I know about Sherlock, mm-hmm. I didn't know if they did that. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it could go either way for me. Like it, I would believe with the way you have him talking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you're doing an impression, I don't know. Which is kind of I mean I'm doing the I'm just doing a voice. Oh, which okay. is um, which is kind of like interesting how he can kind of connect with this yeah. socially outcast yeah. isolated kind of sad depressed kid mm-hmm. throughout i mean in the original stories he's kind of he is aloof just through his like superior intellect mm-hmm. he's just kind of better so than everyone yeah i think so is this sherlock like that or he is they... ex- he's extremely arrogant okay and they but over the course of the show they give him more humanity because they tie him to very human characters that's what okay. watson's strength has always been bringing the yeah. empathy to his like cold calculated deduction okay he can always bring him around and who's who's his uh, arch nemesis, Professor Moriarty? Yeah, James is Moriarty. Is he in the TV show? Or he is, is in the TV show. Okay, he's excellent in the TV show, and he's like the Sherlock who doesn't have a Watson. Okay, to ground him. Yeah, he just keeps going. So does he also solve crimes competitively, or is he actually committing he's caught? Crimes? He's like a crime lord, oh, crime boss. So it's a chess game of crime. It is a game, a game of shadows, starring Robert Downey Jr. The superior Sherlock. Okay, continue. Richard stood on one leg, the other curled around the back of his knee. Mommy told him he shouldn't. When? Birthday? Christmas? Christmas. We always come here for Christmas. There was, she fancied, a slight break in his tone as the childish always touched the prematurely adult never again. Because they would never return because mm-hmm. his, his, uh, his father's dead. So what did Uncle Tony say to that? Richard's soft, pudgy forehead crinkled. He said it had only been gathering dust in the attic since his grandfather came back from India in 48. There was nothing wrong with it, giving it to someone who'd appreciate it. So she agreed in the end, but we had to leave it here for the time being, at Uncle Tony's house. Mommy insisted, in case of burglars. We've been burgled three times. Hmm. Most burglars of my acquaintance are as regular as London buses, yes. Don't have one for ages, then three come along at once. What's it like to play with? Richard shifted from one foot to the other, twisting his hands behind his back glancing at those impossibly fragile bits of antique ivory, manners warring with honesty. Not a tournament set, of course. Those cool judicial tones sliced through Richard's dilemma like honed steel cutting through knotted rope. Wow. She could see the tension leech from the child's body. The man reached into his capacious pockets of his overcoat, pulling out a rectangular wooden box with a sliding top. It looked battered, ink-stained. Its top bore a set of initials, which seemed to have been scratched in with points of a pair of compasses. This one is. He pulled a round square of material from the other pocket, unrolled it, revealed a checkerboard pattern. Fancy a game? Are you any good? Very. 
Richard flops down onto the hearth rug. That's all right, then. Indeed, I don't care for wasting time, either. He dropped the overcoat onto a convenient armchair, revealing himself to be wearing a surprisingly ordinary cable-knit navy blue sweater and checkered shirt beneath. He stretched himself full length on the floor on the other side of the board, propping himself up on his elbow, watching the child set up the pieces with a confident, practiced air. Richard held out both hands, clenched into fists, fingers downward, with a detached formality which reminded her of a fencer bringing his foil to the salute. His opponent reached out and tapped the left hand. Richard turned it uppermost, opening his fingers. A black pawn lay on his palm. Lucky, no need to swap sides. The man thought for a moment, then reached out and removed both of his own bishops from the board, putting them neatly beside the cloth. Oh, goody, Richard's voice rang with passion intensely. The most emotion she'd heard from him since she arrived. You're meaning to play to win. Who doesn't? Dad, Richard said automatically, then his face closed up. He struggled on, voice choked. He always he always used to start with a full set, then make idiot mistakes in the mid-game. I, I thought he'd think I didn't notice. And your Uncle Tony? He plays to win. Gives me odds, same as you, only he gives me rooks, not bishops. And does he win? Always. And Olivia? A brief, fugitive lightening of the child's expression, quickly followed by a renewed shutdown. Mommy says chess is limiting. She plays poker instead. That sounds like one of Harry's friends, yes? Amazing how a grin can transform this man's face and his voice. This is what the psychologist is thinking. Mm -hmm. Quick question. Yes. Do I not know anything about chess? Why does he discard the two bishops? So you usually do that when you are a superior player. He's like, I'm oh, so just like gonna, I don't even need these. I'm going to give you a handicap in the, in the jump. Mm. I'm going to take these pieces out. And what he's saying is like, he's like, oh, like... You know, you're, you're playing to win because you're giving up the bishop. So yeah. you're, you're giving me a handicap, but the bishop kind of sucks. I was, uh, I was about to say, with my strategy for chess, I hate the bishops. <laughs> Get that horse to the other side of the board. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Drop him in some L's and let's go, boys. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm yeah. so trash and at chess. Whenever, if I can get the rook out. It's immediately taken. Oh, it's like, just immediately. <laughs> and I'm so excited to finally get it out. It's yeah. like, here comes the Hulk. And then yeah. immediately just like destroyed. Well, it, it, depending on what you do with the pawns, it's literally like, move, move, move. That's three whole turns just to get the, the fucking thing out. Mm -hmm. I don't want to... So much But time. if used properly, the rook can just wreck shop. It can, but it can't wreck shop like the queen can. Oh, yeah. But you only got one queen. Yeah, but if... I mean, you know how to use her, you know? If only, if only. The yeah. woodpecker side. The bark on the tree was as soft as the skies. All right. I suppose I suppose poker's more in use in prison. Richard's voice trailed off uh -oh. almost to a whisper. He put his hat on one side, considering. Hmm, depends. I've been playing chess for post by the past five years with a lifer in Dartmoor. Never touched a pawn before I put him in there. One of the best players I know. Perhaps he caught her intense, disapproving stare because he added, Anyway, there is such a thing as over-preparing for the worst. You'll move. The game proceeded in silence. After a while, she rose, selected a book from the shelves beside the fireplace, returned to her chair, kicked off her shoes, and curled her legs under her. Neither of the players paid her any attention. The stable clock chimed at the hour, then the quarter passed, then the half hour, then the quarter two. Ugh. <sighs> She thought, Sir Anthony's going to wonder what the hell we're up to, and the questioning hasn't even started yet. From the far depths of the house came the sound of the front door bell pealing, and a brief flurry of activity. More of the county vultures, presumably, equal parts commiseration and fascination, just wanting their share of sensational crime. Check. In fact, checkmate. 
Richard looked at the board, scrutinized it from all angles. His mouth drooped. After a moment or so, he picked up the white king and very carefully laid it down on its side. His opponent extended Sam. his right hand across the board. Oddly formal, the child slid his much smaller hand into his and shook. I thought I was going to get you with that discovered check. Disappointment infused his tone. Mobile lips quirked in an amused, appreciative grimace. You almost did. I didn't work out what you were up to there from looking at the board, you know. What then? Richard's forehead creased with puzzlement. The way you held your head as you waited for me to move. Too still. That's what warned me to take a second look. You ought to ask your mother to teach you poker one of these days. Got the him. child admitted a small, bitten-off noise, somewhere between a sob and a whimper. You idiot. Um. All that time, all that patience, all that progress, and all blown away for the, the sake of one smart-alecky comment. So the psychologist was like, what a waste of time this was. Yeah, you just put him down. You just Yeah, destroyed him. Yeah. The tall man stretched, limbs doubtless cramped from nearly an hour on the floor. Uh, which reminds me, I need to make a phone call. No need to have Olivia locked up an instant longer than she need be. Not now that we've proved her innocence. Thank you for your help there, by the way. It did make a difference. Richard's eyes were wide, his face a blazing mixture of hope and fear. Mommy's coming home? Free? The man nodded decisively, standing up in one swift movement and reaching for his coat. My word on it. Of course, I'll take some time to process her out and drive her over from Oxford, so you may want to have something to read while you're waiting for her to collect you. He reached into his pocket and held out the hobbit. Richard took it, tracing his finger over the cover, finding familiar stains and scars. They, the police, I mean, said we couldn't take any of our things from home. Not until it stopped being a crime scene, he looked up. How did you get it? To do him justice, the tall man looked almost disconcerted at the direct question. Uh, well, let's just say on some adventures you need an experienced burglar, okay? Look, mustache, be seeing you. But don't think you're getting better odds than a bishop and a knight on the rematch. He whisked through the door. She followed hard behind him. Well, she demanded, on what possible basis can you make that promise? Have you any conception of how much harm it'll do if his mother isn't released after you've built up his hopes like that? Not hopes, certainties. Come with me and I'll show you. Just keep your mouth shut. The door to the little office off the main hall stood part open. A tired-looking man perched on an uncomfortable-looking spindly chair just inside. His face brightened as he saw her companion, his warm, spaniel-brown eyes, oddly affectionate. We found the bundle, Sherlock. Just where you said it would be. Duplicate keys and everything. And the thumb stall. Forensics have already got a match on the blood. Sherlock. A blog post suddenly became real before the psychiatrist's eyes. She just realizes, oh dang, this is Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. She gulped. Beside her, the other two were talking. Matter of fact, businesslike. I know. I had my phone in my trouser pocket. John and I arranged a f telephone vibration code to let me know as soon as you'd secured the evidence. It made a difference to what I say in the end. And... Did you get what you wanted from the boy? Yes. Go right ahead. It's solid. What's solid? Sir Anthony, accompanied by his personal secretary, entered the office. The spaniel-eyed man turned to him. Sir Anthony Hellier? You're under arrest. Detector Inspective Lestrade. Scotland Yard. His voice speeded up, as if fearing interruption. I am arresting you for the willful murder of your brother, Ambrose Hellier. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defense if you do not mention, when questioned, something which you later rely on in court. This is like their version of yeah, Miranda anything rights. Anything you say can and will be held against you. So much more intellectual than yeah. our Miranda well, rights. Well, I mean, imagine, especially for someone like Sherlock, he's not arresting mm -hmm. the type of people a regular police officer What do you say? What do you say? Huh? I was just going for a ride in my pickup truck. Listen, I found that meth. <laughs> I was holding it for a friend. <laughs> and I don't care if it was in my teeth. What was the? What's the name of the friend? 
You call me with your You got me. You got me, officer. Oh, you're coming with me. Yeah, anything I say. (laughs) Yeah, I know the drill. I know the drill. (laughs) I've been there one one time too many. (laughs) (laughs) Anything you say may be given in evidence. Sir Anthony's face went... Anything you say may be given in evidence. How poetic. Shut the fuck up, Shakespeare (laughs) head-ass. Variety Miranda writes over there. Jesus. Okay. Sir Anthony's... uh, Sorry. Sir Anthony's face went dead white his lips blue veins on his forehead standing out he whirled to face sherlock what the hell did ricky say what the hell did ricky see sherlock shrugged he told me you gave him rooks when you played chess at odds sir anthony paused then you bastard inspector lestrade reached out to grasp him by the elmo elbow reached to grasp him by the elmo i'm <laughs> <laughs> so happy to see you now we've got that out of the way. Sir Anthony, you're going to come quietly, aren't you? Because I've got two constables just outside, and I'd hate to have to put cuffs on you if I didn't need to. Not with the press outside and everything. Sir Anthony went quietly, his secretary still hovering a pace or so behind him like a spare part. Only when the door had closed behind him did she speak. Why do rooks make a man a murderer? Yeah. Rooks, Sherlock repeated, as if she was pretending to be stupid just to annoy him. As a handicap against a child. You gave him bishops, but... Rooks are more valuable. Her mind went back to Grand, teaching her chess, running through the relative worth of pieces, using the set Grandad had carved in the camp in Burma from bones. Sherlock clicked his tongue against his teeth. Only in the mid-late game and end game, but the weaker player needs the advantage in the opening. Otherwise, by the time they reach the mid-game, they've already so far down that the player's inability to use Rooks barely affects the outcome patterns an extravagant supposedly generous gesture which turns out on close scrutiny to be nothing of the kind but cheating a game at chess it's it's lousy behavior but it's no crime but she felt the untruth in her mouth as she spoke it and knew that sherlock knew it too his next words reflected this chess isn't precisely a game for a kid like richard somewhere between an obsession and the core of his existence and sir anthony knows that after all he'd have been an international master himself if he developed his childhood talent a man capable of violating such a trust is capable of anything. Rooks versus bishops. A bit over-subtle for a jury, especially with the kind of defense counsel Sir Anthony will surely afford. Yes, but there is another supposedly generous gesture that will be easier for them to comprehend. The concentric ball ivory chess set sitting in the blue drawing room at this moment. Come to think of it, I'd better make sure Lestrade secures that bit of evidence before he leaves. Get him to make the receipt out to Richard. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. I hate to think of Sir Anthony rethinking his generosity after the event. But that's just reallocating an heirloom between family members. Didn't it even didn't even have to change location. At a pinch, he could pass it off as a dodge to save inheritance tax. So they're saying, mm-hmm. we got to make sure it stays with the kid. And they're saying, who cares? It's just yeah. a gift. It's a family heirloom, all right, but not of the Hellier family. It came up for auction at Christie's two years ago, when an old manor house in Northumberland was broken up. Purchased by an anonymous bidder. I saw it at the sale. I couldn't be sure if it was the same one until I saw it here, but it is. There can't be another so perfect in the country. He glanced at the door of the study, as if his gaze could penetrate the warren of corridors and see through the back room where the child sat, waiting for his mother, setting out chess problems with antique ivory pieces worth a ransom. Properly directed, I'm sure any jury will appreciate that to justify an opening gambit so colossal, the end game had to have been stupendous. But what was the end game? (laughs) You still not realized? (laughs) He drew a deep breath. Sir Anthony's murdered his brother and framed his sister-in-law for his murder with one objective only, the chance to get control, the control of Richard. 
to groom him as the youngest ever contender for chess, camp, chess champion of the world. And that's it. He's cracked the case. Hmm. Uh, again, very British story. <laughs> A uh, lot of words in this one. Well, not only that, no one in America would be like, I'm going to murder my brother and frame my sister-in-law to have a chess champion. I mean, that's kind of like just... that's kind of like how these how Sherlock stories go. So it's a, it's a very spot on Sherlock story. Yeah. Okay, well there you go. And it's like, like this it. mystic artifact yeah. that Sherlock just happened. Oh, I was like yeah. perusing the auction and I saw uh, that when, and then I was like, oh, here it is again. This must have been purchased by is, a chess uh, fanatic. Sherlock's love of chess something that's predetermined, or did they create that for this? Sherlock has a million likes and mm. interests and he's the best at all of them if he's given a little bit of time so he probably was like chess i'm interested and he's like a grandmaster mm. i mean that's just how he's written as like a as amazing at everything well, no, I, I didn't know if there was like a you know established canon that he was a chess master or something uh, i mean occasionally like he'll play chess with, with moriarty okay and mm. anybody who's smart in fiction has to be good at chess yeah duh, duh. they wear glasses if you're smart good you're at good chess. at chess duh is it one? What, uh, what's one that proves the other? Like, if you're smart, you have to be good at chess without having ever played it. Mm-hmm. Or if by only being good at chess, does that make you smart? Do you want my pretentious answer or my easy answer? Yes, I'm, I needed. I, I need a definitive answer for. <laughs> Give me you. that pretentious answer. Oh well, I mean, there's different measures of intelligence, and I think. Chess Give me that is, easy I, answer. No, I think chess is probably <laughs> the best uh, definition for uh, what kind e- of chess? E- Bullet chess? Long form chess? Time chess? Okay, well, I think it's whatever sort of chess is very strategy-based. I think which, they're drastically different, though. No, they are. Mm-hmm. And, I it, I mean, it might depend on what um, level of intelligence you have. I mean, you know, there's different sorts of intelligence. So I just think that's very good for strategy, planning. Uh, you so know, the guys down in uh, Washington Square Park, they're all geniuses. Some right? of those guys might be geniuses. They, probably, they might be. be homeless geniuses that just challenge people to chess all day. And destroy tourists. But if, Yeah, destroy tourists. But if they're into that, that's what they're into. You know what I mean? And they're probably really good. Sure. I, I'm so intimidated to face them. If you're amazing at checkers, does that make you less smart than someone who's amazing at chess? I don't know. Those are different <laughs> games. Makes you more southern. It makes you way more southern. Especially if you were raised at Cracker Barrel waiting to get in and you played checkers. That's this guy. I played right that here. peg game. Oh, I love the peg game. I'm so much of an ignoramus, it sucks. <laughs> I am such You're just ignoramus. a plain ignoramus. Ignoramus. Yep. Uh, easy one? Yeah, no, you're just smart, so you're good at chess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's the easy answer. Mm-hmm. We'll just go with that one. Yeah, that's we'll the rest out. Yeah. Uh, I liked it, though. I really liked the way it was written. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that you have told me that that is how a Sherlock story is supposed to end, I'm okay with it. And that was just like a regular story. Yeah, I'd be so like, whoa, up, that was out of the book. Cue up the dun-dun. Dun, 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 the rooks. Dun, dun, I understand dun, the rooks. Dun, 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 like what? Okay. There's always some symbolic. Like yeah. he'll be like, "I knew he was a murderer because of the way he sat on the carriage. He sat on the left side and didn't signal." It's like deduction, deduction, deduction. And when you're reading, that's it, just you, such a reach, though, to me. When you're reading it, it does feel like reaches, and yeah. it makes you go back and read. I'm like, am I just an ignoramus who I didn't kinda, get it? I kind of wish I was a prosecutor, and my my main like <laughs> objective was to always counter him. Like, are you guys like just turn to the jury? Are you fucking serious? Well, that's what they do. and that's rooks. how that's, you guys are going off of rooks. That's literally. I will. Uh, I no, will no, I know. Why I know. do rooks make a man a murderer? Yeah. Um, rooks versus bishops, a bit over subtle for a yeah. jury, especially with the kind of defense counsel Sir Anthony could oh, yeah. afford. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know she points it out, but like, I would just, I would make it my life's mission <laughs> that every time he has a reaching deduction, I'd be like, guys, <laughs> we have, on. we have a guilty plea, but rooks, rooks, come on, yeah. I'm like, okay, no, he got me the rooks. So, uh, no, I liked it. I thought it was good. What are, what are your compliments? What are your criticisms? Um. I don't know. I mean, my, my, my compliments are 
it's just like it goes off on these tangents of just such powerful description. I don't. Mm-hmm. Know. I like that stuff. Maybe it's pretentious. Maybe I don't think it's, it's pretentious. Not, I just, if you like storytelling that way, yeah. I just like I like. Uh, let me look for the exact like that little bit right at the end. Um, just to say, he glanced back at the door of the study as if his gaze could penetrate the warren of corridors and see through to the back room where a child sat waiting for his mother, setting out chess problems with antique ivory pieces worth a ransom. Like. You could have just been like, Sherlock, look back, yeah, wondering so like what the kid, yeah, chess. just like, just kind of, it just adds mm-hmm. like a whole texture. Oh, yeah. And you have to write, because if it's like a, like a mystery with yeah. a super intellectual person, you got to kind of have to challenge the reader yeah. and, and throw in that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I just think that was spot on. No, it's good. Spot I liked on. it. No, I thought the writing was really good. I think my criticism is maybe I'm too dumb. I, like, I had to read it a couple of times yeah. just so I understood what the heck was yeah. going on. I'm going to have to read it when we're done recording so I know what's going on. <laughs> And I'll probably have to, like, I don't know, go to, like, a British tea room or something and have some lady explain it to me. <laughs> you read this fanfic, right? Of course, darling. Of course. Well, what can I, what can Sherlock? I... That's the one where they... Endgame. That's the one where they don't fuck each other. The case of the Endgame. Correct. They don't smash. They don't smash in this one. Yes, I know. I know Endgame. I know it well. well. I know it well. That it's one. my least favorite. That one. It's my least favorite. They don't smash. <laughs> Zero out of ten. No smashes. The smashes are good, though. It's smashing. It's smashing. When smashing. Smashing. I read this comment where the author was talking about how each chess piece is supposed to, like, symbolize a different thing. Like, there's made reference to one that's, like, the guy made in a out of bones in Burma, mm-hmm. and that's, like, humble. And the one that he's playing with in the beginning that's not even used in tournament is supposed to reflect his, like, novice status, his mm-hmm. learning status as a child. And then this ornate one is supposed to be, like, the kind of austerity of British social class and, like, kind of the pomp of Sir Anthony. I mean, that's cool. And that's all I'll say about that. And that's the cool. author said that's what their point was. And I was like, I'm just looking for a bone set. You put a lot of thought into that. And I didn't see Sherlock get sure fucked. So, <laughs> I don't know. But no, I liked it, though. It was good. Good. Yeah. Fantastic reading as well. Thank you. Thank you. Great reading. Uh, anything else to say about it? Any, any, any comments you want to make? I don't really have any criticisms, honestly. Uh, I mean, the, the only thing is that it, it made me look up some, some British words. Well, there you go. You I learned a little know. bit. They, That's why they we're here. Re- they refer to Sir Anthony as a baronet, which apparently is Is that below someone, a baron? I suppose. But there's no E-T-T-E, like a little baronet, like a baguette, mm-hmm. which is a small bag, in case you yeah. were wondering. Um, no, I mean, I, I had to look it up. It's, it's like, like a, a it's like female baron? Someone, no, it's Sir Anthony's referred to as that. No, it's I It's like someone who is return who's... Who, of the social status that they may be referred to as sir. That's what that means. Okay. You gotta... Hey. I had to have a dictionary out. Well, uh, well, definitely not Merriam-Webster. No, no, definitely no. Definitely no. not... Oxford's. He, Oxford's. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Well, it was good. I like that. Thank you. Good. What are you What are you stoked on, ATM? I'm stoked on... You heard, you've heard the, uh, the ballad of ASAP Rocky at this point? What's going on yes. with him in Sweden? Donald Trump tried to save the day. I am like... Really interested in You're what's stoked happening. on a rapper being in jail. I'm stoked on this potential international incident. Yeah, crisis that's going to happen over ASAP Rocky. Yes, you know, you know, creator of such illustrious time old tunes as fucking, fucking problems. problems. Yeah, it's a great song. Great song. Yeah, we need it. It's a banger. But we don't need to go to war over it with well, Sweden. Sweden's been asking for it. They've been I cruising so. for a bruising. Yeah, and. 
I feel like Donald Trump is the last president, I would assume, who would go to war with Sweden. But, hey. Hey. We're doing it, man. Free look, ASAP. Free ASAP. I'm team look, free ASAP. When Kanye West... It seems like an overreaction. It was just an assault. It happens all the time. Also, I fight. think they dropped the case, but they won't let him go. They are letting him go while they determine this. I literally just got a notification oh, really? on my phone. Okay. Um, ASAP Rocky was ordered released from jail after a judge in Sweden said he could be free while awaiting a verdict in his assault trial. So for people who don't like know, like there was a ASAP Rocky. He's a rapper. He was in a concert in Sweden, mm-hmm. and afterwards he was hanging out, and one of these somebody somebody was just antagonizing him, and he ended up just like yeah. clock, clocking the guy. They, they followed him for like twenty minutes. Yeah, they were really really trying to, to to get his goat. Yes, and he just absolutely laid him out. He got in trouble for it, which, you know, he should. But then Sweden was like, no, we're going to charge him with assault, and he can't leave. Like, we're going to detain him. And then we were like, you yeah. Know, and they don't have uh, bond or bail over there. Yeah, no, it's like. Because Trump offered to personally pay for it. And they're like, yeah, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of he's going to be here until our judicial system sorts it out. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, he was being detained. And everyone was up in arms about it, and it literally just came across the wire. Wow. He's going to be able to, to, to be freed. I don't Hope know if that means he can leave Sweden. He's not from Sweden. No. I don't know. That should be made clear. I think that's very clear. I am mm-hmm. uh, currently stoked. I very recently, this is going to be as quick as I can make it. I very recently read Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow by Alan Moore. Miracle Man won by Alan Moore that Ryan bought for me. Thank you. Um... Death by Neil Gaiman, which is an extension in the Sandman series, and Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller. All four of those are absolutely fantastic. The one, the non-Neil Gaiman one, those three are very integral to comic book history. Whether you're DC, Marvel, Image, whoever you are, very integral to comic book history. I just now got around to reading them because I wanted to read other things first. I didn't want to read the... You the call yourself books. a comic book fan. You yeah. know nothing. I know you know nothing. nothing. You must leave the so Isle of Cordova. So uncultured. But historically speaking, they're amazing. You, I mean, so much respect for them. And uh, You said I'm, historically it was a 7 out of 5. Does that mean if I read man. it as a person today, it just sucks? No, you would still like it. But the thing is that comic book uh, storytelling nowadays is paced out a lot longer. Mm-hmm. So, for example, the so way— So what would happen in, like, a book might happen in, like, three panels. Yes. Okay. And so it seems like things move pretty if fast. If you like that form of storytelling, especially with comics, you'll love these. But— I have read a lot more modern things, so I'm more used to the extended storytelling. I love Tom King, but he really likes to draw shit out. And but he's you, he's not the artist. He writes. No, he's a writer, yeah. He doesn't like to actually physically draw no, things no, no, out. No, no, He likes to make things a lot longer than they might, should be. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes he might make them a lot longer than they should be. And if you like more condensed forms of storytelling, Miracle Man does so much. Um, Dark Knight Returns is only four fucking issues, and it... It's just doing work. Yeah. And not a not a wasted panel. No. It's just and doing work. The thing, Watchmen, which is known as you know one of the greatest graphic novels of all time, if not the greatest, was famous for the nine-panel grid. Fucking Frank Miller were doing a 16-panel grid. Whoa. 16 panels per page, which is just accelerated storytelling. So that's really good. Uh, whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow is a really good end of the Silver Age Superman. So mm-hmm. read those. Stoked on them. They're really cool. Uh, I mean, if you So guys... you're going into the back issues. Why aren't you buying the new stuff, man? I do buy the you're new stuff. stuff in the 80s and the 90s. I do buy the new stuff. Wait, what are you shrugging at me for? I'm, I'm just saying, because that, that's what you said. No, people I know, are doing like, that too much. You, you understand what people yeah, do. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, they're just better. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, compared to some of the things nowadays, yeah. And you also have the, the hindsight. When you go and you buy number one nowadays... 
You're like, oh, this is going to be good. That's how I was with Batman White Knight. Mm-hmm. I got the first one. I was like, that kind of sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. And then the guy at the comic book store was like, just buy the first one and mm-hmm. try it. I'm like, all right. I think. Do you no, see these as potential investments or do you see it as like, this will just be cool to have? Um, a little bit of both. I don't think I see it the way that people in the 90s did. The only mm-hmm. reason that the X-Men number one sold so much was because of the speculator craze. People were trying to hop People on thought it, you yeah. could send your kids to college on these. And now... Like I Beanie would, Babies. I, yeah. I was told by a guy um, when I got some comic books appraised that with my X-Men number one, the one that I... The greatest selling one of all time, go home and use it as toilet paper so I can make his X-Men number one worth more money. Nice. So hey everybody, let's destroy our X-Men yeah. one copies. They're not yeah. useful. No, they're and they're just putting in your back yeah. pocket. Yep. Yeah, and so I'm. You know, some of them I think can make money. I know some of them are, are valuable. So the the new ones that I buy, I actually have Batman Dams number one, which still has Bruce Wayne's dick in it. That book you can actually sell for a pretty good amount of money. That dong is going to be worth a lot. That dong is worth a lot of money right now. Two weeks after it came out, you could sell it for eighty bucks. It was eight dollars new. Oh man! I didn't sell it because I kind of you know I want the bat bat dick for myself. Thank it's going to inflate even more. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be inflated. Mm-hmm. Batman's hung, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> I know you guys were wondering, but so I don't I don't look at them as investments, but I know that some of them might be valuable. I could probably sell my Rebirth number one, which is the first print of Rebirth. It's not a Rebirth. There's a uh, it's considered a zero print, which is the midnight release. I don't have that one. Don't get it twisted. The first release. I know at one point those are going for like in the hundreds. So. Some of them, it, it all just depends on when you hit the market. I don't really speculate that much. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won. I'm going to send my kids to college on that. I'm sending my kids to the moon. With college that. is going to be free by then if that yeah. book is correct. Yeah, if she's she gets her way. So there you go. Um, yeah, so I'm stoked on those. They're just, they're really good. Um, I, you know, I don't think I've ever made it a secret that I like comics and graphic novels and... Wait, what? Wait, what? But I finally got on reading those. They were really fun, really good. Um, yeah, I'm stoked on that. That's cool. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to go read those right now. Please do. Ryan actually just read Court of Owls and loved it. So Beautiful. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you had a great time. I think we had a good time. And I hope you guys also have a fantastic day. And uh, if you liked us, please leave us a review. If you want to know more about us, follow us on Twitter. We also have a website, suckmyfanfic.fireside.fm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's our podcast host. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you enjoyed this, go back and listen to some of our content. If you really liked us, we have a Patreon. We would appreciate any sort of monies you could give us. And, uh, hey, Ryan, what should we remember? We may have disagreements over who's paying for what, what's a community, what's art, and what's not. Mm-hmm. What's, a, what's, what's real? Ghosts? Seances? But at the end of the day, we're all just one family. We've got to be friends. We've got to stick it out together. And in the game of life... Whether you're given rooks or bishops at the beginning, it's a ride that you just got to take it step by step, move by move on the board. The no game matter, is afoot. No matter what, I'm handicapped.